Um, with that being said, uh, I want to read the scripture that we've been teaching from here. Uh, and there's some really beautiful, powerful things that God has been stirring up in our congregation um, in accordance to the scriptures that we're teaching right now. And I want those things to be brought to the forefront. We have some stories to tell today. Um, but what I want to do is start off with the scripture here as we jump in. So um, and then I'll also say this uh, because it could happen. I, uh, I didn't realize it, but I had had a walking pneumonia for like the last week previous to Sunday. Did not know that it was happening. Um, and uh, was having some breathing problems, went to the doctor, and they're like, we're going to put you on some intense antibiotics. So I will say this. I'm not contagious. I've had three COVID tests in the last <laughs> few uh, weeks um, and or two, what, week and a half. Um, and and I'm, uh, I mean, as far as I am aware, I don't have, have that. Uh, but I do sometimes just start coughing out of nowhere. So I've got my water. I'm ready. Um, I apologize if that happens and just pray that, that I would recover. They said it would take like four to six weeks um, for me to be fully back to normal. So um, 1 Corinthians 12.4, and uh, hopefully I don't cough in the middle of it. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the good, or sorry, for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another, miraculous powers. Uh, so we're going to stop today and we'll move on um, afterwards. Um, in case you forgot, I'm going to give the briefest summary I can possibly put together and bring us all back into one accord. Then we're going to talk about healings and miracles today. That's a fun topic to talk about. Yeah. Um, in case, uh, it, uh, back in the, in the very beginning of this series, what I wanted to do is to understand that there is, this all comes from the Holy Spirit. We are given a gift of the Holy Spirit, and then the Spirit gives us gifts that we get to enact for the unity, um, that we would be united through these gifts into one Spirit. So the same Spirit interacts in all of these gifts. We talked about the gift of knowledge and wisdom. We talked about the supernatural gift of faith. Today we're talking about the gift of miracles and healings, and then we have two more, the gift of prophecy and discernment next week, and the following week, tongues and the interpretation of tongues. Um, those last two are probably going to be the ones that are most controversial. Like, if you didn't have an opinion on anything leading up to this, you probably have an opinion on one of those last four, right? And so um, just kind of roll with us as we do that. Read your scriptures um, and come ready to just hear as, as we teach on those things. Um, that's where we've been. What I want you to also remember is, the what, who, and the how. I think we got a sweet slide for that, yeah? Maybe not. Oh, I got them in on time. Perfect. The what, who, and how. So this is what I want you to see. What are we covering in this series? The gifts that are the supernatural, the ones that tend to be more controversial, the ones that have the most question marks around them. Not to say the other gifts are unimportant, but to specifically say um, that these are the ones that people don't know what's going on with them. All right, so we're teaching on those. We want you to seek out the gift of hospitality. It's a powerful gift, the gift of administration, the gifts of mercy. There's all kinds of gifts that, that the Holy Spirit gives us, but the ones that need the most explanation um, are coming to, 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 uh, during this series. The next is the who. Who is it for? Um, and I've tried to word this the best way I can possibly. All of us can manifest all of these gifts, all right? I think it's available to everyone, but not everyone does manifest all of them. And some have a gift to do that in a special measure. All right, let me read that one more time. I think all of us 
can manifest all of these gifts, but not everyone does, and some have a special gift to do them in an increased measure than the rest of us. That's what this gift is. Then the how, so the, the what, the who, and the how. How do we practice these things? Well, first, the gifts should never contradict Scripture. We established that at the beginning. We want to push ourselves into a posture of seeking to learn more, but looking to the Scripture in order to understand the biblical parameters that are given to guide us, all right? All of it should be immersed in love. That's what all of chapter 13 in Corinthians is about. If we do all of these things and have, I don't know, superpowers, it doesn't matter if we don't love through them, all right? So it's all completely um, wasted if we don't have the ability to love. Then second, we are okay with taking risks in our congregation in order to learn and practice these things. So we want to be humble, right? Come before someone and say, if, if it's a, a prophecy or, or some, a word of knowledge you believe you have, come to them and no, thus saith the Lord. You don't have that kind of authority, but like, I think God is telling me to tell you this. So then that, hand, that's, that responsibility is off me. Now it's on you. Go pray. Seek out godly counsel. Ask Jesus what you're supposed to do with that. And he might come back and say, it's nothing. But he might say, but, but it might hit you in a way that's like, that's exactly what I needed to hear right now in this time for the situation I'm dealing with. And so God is perfect. We are not. We want to hold that humbly. We want to be okay making mistakes and taking risks on behalf of learning more about this. And third is that we reject um, kind of the two ends, cessationism, that these gifts just don't exist anymore. That's a very exclusive way to think. Um, but then on the other side, we also reject that the gifts have to be in all people as a, as, as a means of proving your salvation. We don't believe that. You don't have to manifest these gifts to prove salvation or even the, the Holy Spirit. Um, although there's some, some wiggle room kind of in this middle area, those two sides were saying we are not going to teach towards those, but towards the common ground inside of the middle. Um, and then here's our final prayer. Um, we tend to lean towards this modernistic dualism that says natural is separated from supernatural. This fosters skepticism in our areas along the lines of supernatural things, right? We tend to live ourselves in the modernistic, prove it, observable, repeatable, scientific method, right? Um, and, and we still believe that those are helpful tools. They're just not the only tools. And so I've been asking and praying that God would raise our expectations for what he might do in our congregation as we do this. And then coincidentally, we end around Pentecost, which is when the Holy Spirit hit us in the power that we see inside of Acts. So who knows what God might do here, all right? Get, get ready that God might do something crazy. Um, and then we're probably going to follow that up with a prayer night where we can maybe come and bring people here and have some ministry together and uh, worship God, pray prayers over each other that are big and powerful. All right, that's the recap. Healings and miracles. How many of you in here by a raise of hands ever in your life, ever, ever have prayed for a healing or a miracle at some point in your life? Everyone, if you haven't, that's an inter I'd love to talk to you. Why not? <laughs> yeah, something crazy going on in your house? Um, this is a, a pretty universal idea even outside of, you know, just our congregation. And I'm gonna, I want to I say this. Um, I have not actually witnessed what I would say are very many um, healings or miracles. In fact, I, didn't, I couldn't think of, well, I, I have one possible story about a healing, but I don't know 100%. I don't know fullness around that story, but, but we prayed for somebody who couldn't have children, and then later, two weeks later, they said they were able to conceive. I don't know if, if, if everything followed through. I don't know the history of those people. I met them in that moment, and, and um, someone was compelled to pray over them, but I don't know 100% if that's what happened in that situation. But I do have one story that I wanted to open up with, which is this. Um, uh, in 20, I think tw 
12, whenever, whenever we ended up back in Phoenix, um, after being in New Orleans, the, um, the youth ministry was built such that they would go on an overseas or some sort of light level mission trip or service project. And they would go to one that was a little bit up, uh, um, like some kind of inner city ministry or, or ministry that wasn't too um, risky. And then for their final thing, if they had followed through this and gone through all the discipleship tracks, this church would then send them overseas to an overseas trip. By the time I arrive, I get there right in time for a summer to jump on this trip to India, uh, India with 26 college students, all right? They had all just graduated from high school, had done all of the stuff that they needed to do, and we end up in northeast um, West Bengal is what it's called, India, the foothills of the Himalayas. And um, we were doing like ministry, we were doing medical missions, um, partnering with some, um, some medical professionals. We were also putting on these events where we would gather up a lot of people because um, people love when, you know, in that context it's like, oh, there's Westerners here. And so we'd lead songs, worship songs at malls. And at one point, and that's where the story takes place, is out, out in the foothills in the, in the jungle. Um, and so we could gather a crowd, like thousands of people would come. And we would do like, like I accidentally know all the words to one of those Justin Timberlake, one, I think it's like mirrors, right? Because we were doing some secular songs, right? So I had to learn all of those songs. And we'd perform these and then do worship songs and lay hands and pray over people and people would come to know Jesus. And we'd connect them to a ministry there to follow up for long-term care. In the midst of that, we go to the, the, um, the middle of this uh, jungle and we're praying all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of interesting things happening. Um, but the one that was probably the most poignant um, is we go up into this jungle, we start setting up, it's, a, it's like a bamboo stage made of, um, it, you know, it wouldn't, you wouldn't think it was stable, it's like literally bamboo and um, ropes made of twine that they, they, they just grab out of the jungle, and they built this giant stage for us. We're out there, and I'm, I'm praying with some people in the city, and then we come back up, and as we're about ready to start, someone said, hey, did you, did you see what happened? I'm like, no. They said, go up the hill. I'm like, you know, I'm like just tell me what happened. You know, like, no, you got to go experience this, go up to the hill. So we've been praying, it's supposed to rain heavy on the night that we were performing. And so when we go up to this thing, we're praying, God, don't let it rain, don't let it rain, don't let it rain. And so I go up to the top of this hill and there's an overlook pass and I see an incredibly dark cloud and a wall of rain right in front of me. And, and you can literally put your hand in the rain, pull your hand out. Put your hand in the rain, step into the rain, step out. There's a perimeter around this event that we're, that we're dealing in, and it doesn't rain inside of the perimeter until literally the last thing ends. Amen, thank you, we gotta jump on a bus. There's actually some people that didn't like that we were there, so it was starting to get a little um, da- dangerous a little bit in this, in this context. So we jump on the bus and leave, and it just starts pouring all over everything. And so this phrase kept erupting inside of this, that it, it only rains when it doesn't matter. Because over and over again, we would start praying and asking God, would you kind of protect us from this situation that was going on. And it would over and over stop raining when we needed to stop, and then as soon as our event was done, it would start. I would say that was a miracle. I've never seen anything. I couldn't explain it. The, the, the people who were living around us um, who lived in this neighborhood were like, this is crazy. What is happening right now? We're all standing at the edge of this water, you know, waterfall kind of thing as we're putting our hands and jumping in and out of the rain. Now, I, you may have lots of stories about miracles. I got the one. There it is. You heard my awesome miracle. Um, We'll define it differently and maybe I'll add to that. But as I think of miracles right now, that's the one that I have. Um, And what I want to do first is kind of start with definitions and we'll deal with healings first. And then um, uh, a lot of what I say there will apply to um, the miracles. And then I'll I'll briefly mention some some miracles and then we'll we'll head out um, uh, today. So so first, um, the NIV application Bible 
It was a pretty broad, scaping um, Bible uh, uh, study kind of thing that people use. It says the gifts of healing refer to supernatural cures of physical maladies. The word is plural. I didn't know that. Suggesting either that the gift is one of two things. It can come and go for various occasions, um, right? So you have healings here and then healings there, and then later on you have some healings, right? Or it's plural because perhaps there is different gifts for different kinds of healing. So someone has the gift of healing this malady or this one or that one. And we actually don't know the answer to that and what it's referring to, but for some reason uniquely, this, um, this gift is, is in the plural. The Jewish New Testament commentary says this, nearly everyone is acquainted with inexplicable healings, doctors more than most, some of them are from God, while others result from the ministry of those who have one or more of the gifts of healing. To complicate matters, and I'll come back to this later, there are healings and miracles that are not from God, but from other spirits, even from Satan. And there's a, a whole slew of verses I can give you for that. Not as common in the U.S. Um, this is, this is um, uh, part of their commentary. Not, it's not as common in the U.S., but um, shamans or spiritualist healings may actually work they may actually heal someone, but they are not from God. And I, I don't know if you've experienced something like that, um, but I thought that, that was important to say that not all healings point back to God, that there are actually um, uh, people empowered by what I would say are demonic powers that have the ability to heal, um, and you have to be discerning in that. Not the way in which doctors, this is another kind of caveat, not the way in which doctors are able to learn and apply medical knowledge. That is amazing, and if you're a health professional, thank you for the all the schooling that you've done, um, but that's not what this is talking about. That's amazing. It's not miraculous. It's not supernatural. And so the gift of healing is something that only God can do or a healing that is impossible if God does not intervene or get involved in a situation. So it is very specific. I'm going to add one more little description. I believe timeliness in an unusual and a uh, uh, in, in an unusual way, like someone gets healed in a time that, that maybe is quicker than it should have happened, um, and that it, it, it can be in some way attributed to God. I think that could also be something that we would see inside um, of a of a healing. And I'll give a story of what I mean by that here in a little bit. So where do we see this in the Bible? Clearly, we see that Jesus heals all the time, right? Healing was one of the chief ministries. This is the Jewish New Testament commentary again. One of the chief ministries of Yeshua, the Messiah, when he walked the earth, and he promised that we who believe in him would do even greater works. The question is, do you believe that? He did it constantly throughout his ministry. Paul and the other disciples healed regularly in the New Testament. Um, one instance from Acts, which also touches on miracles, is from Acts 5, 12 through 16. It says, the apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought back the sick into the streets, laid them on beds and mats, so that at least Peter's shadow, his shadow, might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns in Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. I mean, that's just one example. You can search, Google it, and um, you'll see like, you know, uh, healings, miracles, and acts, and they'll give you a list of about 20 different things that happen. And you catch that too, like even the shadow, 
the anointing was given to just his shadow. I got like eight shadows right now because of the lights that are on me. Could you imagine passing by someone and they get healed in your shadow? If that's not crazy enough, verse 19, Acts 11 through 12, says God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and evil spirits left them. I don't get that. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's like, I don't, I don't get it, man. Like, there's so many crazy things, questions I might have. You know, what, what happens to that on the other end? Does it, does it fade over time? Eventually, the scent of the miraculous fades away and it doesn't work. And what do you do with it afterwards? And I just don't know. All I know is that the Holy Spirit does, moves, does, and, and engages with us however the Holy Spirit wants And that's a part of our learning process here is that we don't control this at all. The Holy Spirit has given and and disseminated and allowed certain things miraculous to take place. And we're not the ones in charge of it. And it can even happen through a shadow, through a cloth that is anointed for such a time or a season as the Holy Spirit has designed. Now, I think if you're like me, you're thinking, okay, so... um, I get all of that. I, I read about it. I, like, you don't need to tell me Jesus does miracles, Paul does miracles, all these people do miracles. But what about today? What, where do we see miraculous things happening in our day and age? I'm going to give you one recommendation with a disclaimer. There is a movie series of documentaries by a guy named Darren Wilson. He comes out of the Bethel Church um, in, in uh, Northern California. And he decided at some point that he wanted to document miracles, deliverances, healings. And so he goes on, you can kind of, he tells the story in a very compelling way, eventually created three movies called the Holy Ghost series. Um, the first one's called The Finger of God. The second one is Furious Love. Father of Lights is the last one. Um, maybe some of you have seen these, um, but it does document. And I'll, I'll say, there's times I'm watching, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a, that looks like a miracle right there. And there's times I'm like, ah. No, man, I'm not, just not sure that I would classify this situation as a miracle per se, but uh, well done. It looks like something wild happened, you know, during this time that you were doing this. So I'll say if you're interested in it, The Finger of God, Furious Love, Father of Lights movies, check it out. Some caveats, I kind of like, you know, some of it seems to, to, to make sense. At other times, um, I'm not 100% sure that what they're talking about I would agree with. So take a look at it if you're interested, um, but it's like a collection of all kinds of stories. The second one is, I, I know I told you I don't have a lot of stories, but I'm going to tell someone else's story. Um, a guy by the name of Buddy Hoffman, he's a pastor um, who started a bunch of churches in Georgia um, or at, around the Atlanta um, area. You've heard me talk about Buddy on numerous occasions because he's had an impact on my life. Well, towards the end of his life, he underwent a significant and sudden medical issue with his heart. Like the, the veins, the, the arteries in his heart started to dissect themselves. There's some kind of condition, and I don't fully know what it is. Um, all of this is actually, uh, they eventually, to, you know, to kind of explain what happened and the movement of churches that he created and, and catalyzed. There's a mini documentary called Grace Rooted and Renegade. That's kind of how they describe themselves, rooted in the scripture, but renegade in, in the culture. Um, and it's available on YouTube if you're interested in checking that out. You can see this story and a lot of other stories. So he's having this issue. They take him to the hospital. His vitals are so low when he arrives that the nurses are kind of surprised that he's not dead as he's talking to them. Like this, this is like a, a non-living person's readings and your vitals just don't make sense that you're even up and, and walking around and talking to us at this moment. 
There is something in his heart going, um, heart aneurysm was used later on. He undergoes this emergency surgery. It lasts all day, wherein the doctor comes out to set the expectations and let them know, hey, look, it's going to be one week, two weeks, probably a month before he wakes up from this surgery. And, and even this air of, and even then, he just might not wake up. So just know that. Of course, people, he, it's a, you know, a largest church, so people are coming around praying for him. Um, Jody, his wife, uh, at some point he, he had been known for discipling multiple groups of people. They show up to pray, so Jody sneaks in about three or four different guys that he's discipled, trying to get them together so that uh, they can come in and just pray over Buddy as he's um, passed out um, right after his surgery. They come out, they're on their knees. Um, during the documentary, I don't know why, somebody at some point says he was actually clinically dead for over 40 minutes. I don't know if they mean like they put his body on life support while they were doing the surgery or however it goes, but at some point he was um, declared clinically dead in the midst of this. He's in recovery. He, he is breathing to some extent. We're weeks away from seeing signs of whether or not this worked, and one of the guys, Brian Krozik, gets down on his knees, puts his hand on his foot, which is kind of exposed from the bed, and they start praying all the prayers, save his life, God. Heal him, bring him back, Lord. And all of a sudden, hours after the surgery, his foot twitches. And he's like, oh, hold up. Uh, like, hey, the, to the nurse, there's a nurse near him. I was like, hey, he's moving. Is that normal? And she's like, that's not even possible. You've got to be kidding me. So she comes over, and she's flipping out, and she's saying, you know, buddy, can you hear me? And he kind of moves. I was like, well, I mean, Maybe he's, his nerves are moving, his muscles are twitching, I don't know, but like, hey, can you move your right foot? Moves his right foot. Can you move your left foot? Moves his left foot. Right hand, left hand. The dude is actually conscious somehow. And as they're having this conversation, she realizes, she's like, this is crazy. Like, we are days and days and days away from any possibility that this guy is going to wake up from this surgery. And so what I think is like, man, the body does crazy things sometimes, right? Like, it'll surprise us. So what I think is most unique about this is the timing that happened. He happened to wake up when one of his disciples is praying over him, has a hold of his foot, begins to pray, God, heal him, bring him back to life. And that's when Buddy starts to wake up. Now, in the moment, they'll go on and they'll say the, the story. And he's like, man, I, I honestly feel like I watched a resurrection happen in this situation. I, I can't classify it that, but I can see how it would feel like that. Certainly, I believe that something miraculous took place in that, in, in terms of a healing. How many other people have some healing stories in here? I just want you to raise your hand. You got a healing story? One, two, three, four, five. All right, losing count now. We got a few. Ask them what happened. L look at someone who had their hand up. Ask them what happened because we need to make sure that stories like that are heard. I'm going to briefly go into miracles um, and, then, uh, and then I have some final things I want us to do and, and say here. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the NIV application Bible, once again, I want to give those, uh, those definitions. And this is what it says about miracles. <clears throat> Miraculous powers including, uh, include additional kinds of miracles. They're saying in addition to healing, um, classifying it as the same. Such as the apostles and the other early uh, Christians who were enabled to perform, including most notably, exorcisms. I would not have put this in that category, but now it's in there. Um, and so I guess we, we could put it in that same category as well. The, new Jew, uh, the Jewish New Testament um, commentary says this, the concept here seems to refer to very specifically unusual miracles, not usual ones. I don't know how any miracle can be usual, 
but they're, they're making sure that we see that spectacular miracles are reported more frequently in areas where the gospel is relatively new. I do think that tends to be true. That, that, that miracles and healings take place when God is trying to break through into a new area, drop barriers down and allow the Holy Spirit to enter into a new culture, a new territory, a new area. That does seem to be true. Parts of me wants to deny that, but it does seem to be fairly common um, in the midst of that. I don't want to deny, I want to say that it applies all the time, right? That's why I want to deny that, like not just then, like all the time. But it does seem to be in higher frequency when this is happening. When they give an example, in the 1960s, reports came out of Indonesia um, where the gospel, uh, recently the gospel had been preached in certain areas and they had um, documented reports of water being turned into wine and even dead people being raised. Um, and so they, they have those um, somehow documented and the Jewish New Testament cites it for you if you're interested in knowing that. So this is not a casual way in which we throw around, it was miraculous. My team was back by eight touchdowns and in one quarter they got it back, won the big game and now we're in the playoffs. Miracle. That's not a miracle. Again, it's amazing, athleticism, it's not what we're talking about here. This isn't a, the, the way in which we will kind of attribute miraculous to generally interesting or, or amazing things. It's also not, and I was thinking about this this week, um, technological advances seem miraculous to us right now. So, so kids, boys and girls, gather around, right? Uh, there was a day when we could not face chat It was on Jetsons, science fiction. And in my lifetime, that's just a normal thing. We carry little computers around in our pockets all day long that let us do things that could have one t- at one time have been considered miraculous. The fact that we walk around without any cords is kind of wild. We have self-driving cars. Things becoming fic- or reality out of science fiction is just a part of technological advances and not what we're talking about. It is, miracles are something only God has the ability to accomplish or takes place in an unlikely but timely fashion, which is what I was referring to. I think that there are times that you can say, oh, I can attribute this to God because it was untimely, unusual, and we were in the midst of praying for that, right? It, is, it can be attributed to God. Where is it in the Bible? Jesus obviously turned water into wine, fed thousands by multiplying food. Controlled nature by calming the sea and the storm. Paul miraculously survived beatings, shipwrecks, snake bites, responsible for at least one resurrection, freed from prison by an earthquake. Peter also supernaturally released from jail. There were these moments, too, where the, where the, the scriptures just bulk use this term. There were signs and wonders that took place. It's like a cluster of miracles. I, I can't even give you an individual one. I'm just going to say in Ephesus, a bunch of crazy stuff went down. Right? That's like what we're seeing the scriptures say. And so there's like this time when we know that multiple supernatural events were taking place. Today, I've already mentioned the Holy Ghost series. Um, if you're interested, uh, similar things are, are recorded there. I told you about the rain stopping, and that was a personal story from me. But I also want to, if we are going to include exorcism, and I don't use that term, I use the term deliverance, that falls into this category, um, then I've participated in that. I participated in deliverance ministry and seen people delivered out of um, bondage from demonic things. Um, and so, uh, and I, I did call and ask for permission for this. In fact, in the last couple of weeks, we saw somebody delivered from something demonic. A, a man who attends our church named Femi, uh, and we talked this morning, he's, he's okay with me sharing this. Um, a few, like a month ago, could not read the scriptures. 
this is what, and, up, and we're talking about, me and this other pastor are praying over him. We're doing this as ministry. He starts saying, the Lord is my shepherd, and I, and I shall not, chest is constricted, muscles, jaw, can't do it. Something speaking, you know, like through, through, through him in this situation and over this time of prayer. All right, we're praying, God, release this thing. Something happens to him. Okay, try to read it again. He can read a little bit more. Okay, it's not done yet. Back at it again. Goes to it. All right, by the end of it, Femi is able to read aloud with complete clarity. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me to quiet waters. Femi was freed from something. And it happened in this moment as we were talking. Uh, that's a miracle. And it happened here in the midst of our congregation very recently. I won't ask you to raise your hands, but maybe you have some stories to tell of miracles. Maybe you've got some incredible things that you want to sow out, um, but because, you know, you just weren't sure how people would feel, you just didn't say anything. And I want to encourage you, speak these as we talk and we hang out and we're doing things at house churches and we're interacting. Tell these stories because I think it helps encourage us, gives us the ability to feel like God can continue doing these things in our midst. And I think it's an action of the enemy to get us not to talk about it so that people just don't expect it anymore. Three things of application and we'll be done. First, God gives the gift of healing and miracles to show his power as intervention according to his will to bring people into salvation or just to love on his children. But these gifts are not for self-exaltation. They're for the purpose of loving others and pointing people towards God. The second thing is we are right to seek these gifts. We are right to desire. We are told by the scriptures to desire them, which includes signs and wonders, but we are not entitled to them. Just because we've asked for something does not necessarily mean it'll happen. And we should beware the temptation that happens in our hearts as we seek for these things and we desire for them that we might do it just for the purpose of being wowed or being at the center of attention of a crazy story, have an experience that gives us goosebumps or warm fuzzies. God's going to do it. And, it. and it'll show, right, as you tell it, like, I healed or I did this versus Brenda got, got healed. God did something to so-and-so. And so make sure that as you, as you engage these things, you don't fall into the temptation of trying to claim these as some kind of special power that you have as opposed to something that God has given. And the third thing is false prophets will display miraculous signs. I mentioned this earlier, but I want to come back to it. Um, because in Matthew and in other verses, it says very specifically that false, it says Matthew 24, 24, for false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even those who follow Jesus, the elect, the believers. And so we want to be discerning. We, we don't want to just fall into it um, because we saw something that caused us to say, whoa, that's, that's wild. But to give our allegiances only to God and after we have discerned, like this is from God, this is not just something randomly taking place to deceive anyone. And the last thing too, um, and we'll pray. Um, what, what, this, this question what if I don't get healed? What if I don't get the miracle I've been asking for? Well, the New Testament is clear in telling us that God does not heal every sickness, um, but it does teach that he will supernaturally heal some. And I want to acknowledge that this question is often attached to a lot of pain. Not always, 
but often it's attached to pain in the background, something that you've experienced where you really wanted God to step in in a certain way and God didn't do it the way that you were thinking. So you prayed earnestly, God do it, and it didn't happen. Or you prayed for a healing miracle and, and you still walked into a significant loss in your life. Maybe you're asking just out of skepticism, right? But, but often it's tied to pain. And so I want to, as I say this kind of next thing, what I want to do is, um, I don't know what season you're in. You might be fine. You might be walking through pain. That pain might be fresh for you. But there is a shepherding response to something like this. And then there's a theological response to something like this. And it's the difference between when I think you learn this. So if you're in a good, stable place, you hear a theological truth. It's like, okay, I got that. So that when I walk through suffering, when I walk through a problem, when I walk through conflict, I can stand on that firm foundation. If you hear that same truth in a time of sorrow, grief, or disaster, that firm foundation just feels like a bat being taken to your head. So all things work together for the good of those who love him. Amen. It's true. There is a right time to say that and a wrong time to say that. And so what I want to do is save my statement under the cover of if you are hurting, what I want to say to you only is I'm sorry. I'm not trying to justify the situation you're going for, but I don't know where everyone's at. And maybe sometimes you just need to hear that truth that God does things. So I believe that this does have to do with your faith at times, at times, and people take advantage of that all the time, right? This isn't like, you know, every time you don't get the healing or miracle does not necessarily mean you didn't have the faith, but there are times where Jesus wanders into a city and they don't have faith and he says he can't perform the miracles there. So there is connection there. It's just not the only thing. But I also believe there is a plan and a goal taking place that God has going on, an end game, if you will, to bring about his greatest glory and, his, and, and the most people to come to know him in the, the history of the earth's existence. And it's sometimes we're just expected to, to know that his ways are not our ways. Um, his, his thoughts are not our thoughts. And so we see this example and the tension lived out as Paul healed miraculously with his own shadow, but has an ailment of some kind in his own person and begs God to get rid of it. And God says, I can't do that. Why? Because he was using it to do something in Paul, to keep him humble. There was a reason, a greater glory that was taking place so that he couldn't be healed from this thing, even though he acted and asked and, 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 and pleaded for God to remove it. So we have two promises. We have the, uh, this to hold on to in those promises. God will either heal us here or heal us in the new heavens and the new earth. So even as we pray those prayers, there's no safe place to be but in our God. And you think, well, what about people who felt safe in God's hands and still did not get the safety? This promise is not always fulfilled on this side of heaven. And so what we do is we look for a day when God says revelations and new heavens and new earth will come to us that, 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 that we will have no more tears, no more pain, no more crying because the fullness of the kingdom will be present. In fact, when we pray prayers of healing, God heal their body, what I pray is bring the kingdom of heaven that is to come into this person's body right now. I'm asking for the presence of the fullness to happen in this moment, Lord. You made us perfect, not with illnesses, not with problems. You, you, you will get us there one day. And so what I want is for that to happen here and now in this moment, Jesus Christ. Bring the kingdom of heaven to this person's body. Um, 
I open by telling you I don't have a lot of stories. I have a couple. I told some other people's stories. Others in this room have stories that they could tell to help spur on and give us courage in doing these things. But here is what I think um, is, is like the final maybe takeaway for us. Um, it's relatable if you haven't seen or heard or, or been a part of anything miraculous. But I actually don't think that's the way it's supposed to be. So um, I think I want to confess to you that maybe I haven't prayed big enough prayers. Maybe I haven't stepped out in enough faith to see something take place. Maybe my lack of stories bears witness against me that I need to trust God even further, even greater, even more than I have ever done in my life before. And I want to call us to consider the same thing as possible in your life. Talk to people. Ask for them to bolster your faith, but also ask God, Lord, am I needing to step out in bigger steps so that I can see and have a few stories myself that isn't just something I read about, but is something I have experienced. They were blind, but now they see. They were not able to walk, but now they are. They were restricted by a demon, but now they have been freed to do this. They were dying on their sickbed, and God brought them back from the throes of death. And ultimately, there are lots of people who are supernaturally gifted, salting and peppering our congregation with this gift to make sure we don't forget that it can still happen in our day and in our time. So tell your stories. Tell your stories. I want to encourage us. I'm going to pray right now. Tell your stories, and I'm going to ask that God brings his healing, miraculous power to us, to our church, to our nation that is in desperate need of it, and to the world. Lord, thank you so much that your scriptures remind us of what's true, even if we feel like it's not true in our day-to-day experience. Even as we're seeing darkness all around us and having to remind ourselves amidst the darkness that light is still possible, even as we walk around not knowing miracles, not knowing um, supernatural healing, Father, in the midst of these things, Lord, would you remind us with your scriptures, I still do those things. I'm still doing those things. And Father, would you pour out your spirit in something fresh and new upon this congregation, Lord? It's happening, it's rumbling, it's bubbling up. I know there's something going on, Father. Would you unleash something? Would you answer some prayers for miracles, for healing in our midst, Lord? Would you deliver people again and again and again? Would you see many come to know you through signs and wonders because they have no other explanation than it must be God? So heal us. Pour out your miraculous powers, God. Pour it out on our nation. Do whatever is necessary to keep children safe. Do whatever is necessary, God, in the hearts of those who make decisions, Father. Give, do whatever is necessary, your will, not ours, to, to, to make sure, Father, that whatever sickness has made its way into our culture, Father, it can be exercised itself. Give us ears to hear. We do put our heart before you, Lord, and we ask for you to do increasingly abundantly in greater measure in our midst what we read about inside of the scriptures. We ask for this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen.